fiery horse with the speed of light, a cloud of dust, and a haughty Ohio silver, the Lone Ranger. General Mills, makers of Cheerios, the ready-to-eat oat cereal that gives you go power, and Wheaties, the breakfast of champions, present by special recording, The Lone Ranger. G-Man Jimmy is eight years old. He is strong and he is bold. He can capture outlaws cause he knows he's got go power from Cheerios. Yes, he's got go power. There he goes. He's feeling his Cheerios. 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 That's Cheerios, all right. The nourishing oat cereal that's shaped like little letter O's. The ready-to-eat cereal with a wonderful toasted oat flavor. What's more, every delicious spoonful of Cheerios and milk is real muscle-building food. That's right. Each spoonful contains vitamins, minerals, and proteins your body needs. And these good things in a Cheerios breakfast do good things for your body. Help you have healthy nerves, good red blood, strong bones, and muscles. Yes, Cheerios is made to give you real go power. So try Cheerios, the famous oat cereal that needs no cooking. And soon you'll hear people say... He's feeling his Cheerios. With his faithful Indian companion Tonto, the daring and resourceful masked rider of the plains led the fight for law and order in the early western United States. Nowhere in the pages of history can one find a greater champion of justice. Return with us now to those thrilling days of yesteryear. From out of the past come the thundering hoofbeats of the great horse, Silver. The Lone Ranger rides again. Come on, Silver. Let's go, big fella. I'm Silver. Hooray! Rick Jackson was convicted of robbery and murder. He escaped from prison, recovered his hidden loot and went to Plainview, hundreds of miles away. There, he changed his name to Peter McLean and settled down as a rancher. Two years later, he was a respected citizen and was elected a member of the town council. Soon after his election, McLean hired six outlaws from the southwest to work as ranch hands. He made Jack Garra the foreman. Then one night after a meeting of the council, he called Garra into his ranch house and said, Jack... Tell the boys we're ready to go. <laughs> Tonight I sold Lowell and Sterling on the effectiveness of my citizen's protection law. You're kidding, boss. <laughs> Jack, they have so much confidence in me, they accepted the law as I wrote it. They passed it tonight. <laughs> well, I'll be... <laughs> Do you mean that from now on, Marshal Carson and his deputies will have to guard all money shipments that come into this town? <laughs> they certainly will. <laughs> it will be their duty to protect all commercial vehicles known to carry cash money within the boundaries of Plainview Town and County. While such vehicles are in transit. <laughs> and here's the part Lowell and Sterling overlooked. Yeah. All business organizations and individuals in plain view are compelled under penalty to advise the marshal's office when cash funds are to be shipped or received by commercial vehicles. <laughs> Oh, stop it, boss. That's enough. Oh, man. I can't believe it. You you mean Sterling and Lowell didn't get wise to what their clause is going to mean? <laughs> Why should they? There haven't been any holdups yet. <laughs> yes, but there will be, huh, boss? 
Yes, Jack, real soon. <laughs> and before anyone's aware of what's happening, we'll clean up a fortune. Tell the boys I intend to give all of them a generous share of the loot. As soon, of course, as we've gathered a really worthwhile sum. All right. Just make it soon, boss. When do we start knocking off the stagecoaches and express wagons? As soon as I study the first lists made out in accordance with the law. When some firm makes or receives a shipment of money, it'll advise the marshal. He, in turn, will advise the town council as a matter of record. Now, listen. All such information will remain the sole and secret property of the marshal's office and the town council, thus ensuring security and providing... During the weeks that followed, McLean's gang used the information of money shipments. They struck repeatedly, and each time escaped with thousands of dollars in stolen cash. After the seventh successful robbery, McLean promised the men to split the cash after one more job. The Lone Ranger was waiting in a camp two days' journey from Plainview when Tonto returned from a nearby town with a territorial newspaper. The Lone Ranger read that outlaws had attacked and robbed another stagecoach near Plainview. I know that's the seventh holdup near Plainview in less than a month's time. Ah, me read story. If, say, crooks get away again. There's no other town within 60 miles of Plainview. So it stands to reason the crooks must be making their headquarters there. Ah, we go to Plainview, Kimasabi? Yes, Tonto. We'll leave at once. If we ride hard and take shortcuts, we'll reach Plainview tomorrow evening. Here's a look. The following evening, Pete McLean and the other members of the council attended a special meeting called by Banker Lowell. The banker said, Men... I think the new law was a mistake. Huh? Since we passed it, there have been seven robberies near Plainview. That's right, Lowell. And it is the citizens of Plainview whom the law was designed to protect to have suffered. That's just what I was about to say, Sterling. In every instance, the money stolen was either shipped by or intended for some person or firm in this town. Oh, I never noticed that. And they were the people who confided in the marshal and our group in order to ensure the safety of their money. We gave our words to keep the information secret. Lowell, do you suspect one of us or the marshal of passing the information to the crooks? Of course not. In that case, how could the outlaws find out about the money shipment? By using their heads and their eyes. They know the protection law is on the books, and they know what it stipulates. Well, that's true. Yeah, they know the marshal and his men must protect outgoing shipments. And they know that he must ride to the county border to meet incoming shipments. Why, of course. Yeah. By watching the marshal's movements, they'd know which vehicles carried money. And the robberies always occur just outside our county, where the marshal has no jurisdiction. Yes. We should have thought of that when we passed the law. Well, we didn't. So I want to see that law repealed at once. Well, I'm with you on that, Mr. Lowell. Uh, so am I. As you know, I have a $25,000 shipment for the Kansas Cattle Dealers Union going out on tomorrow's stagecoach. Uh, yes. Well, as soon as we vote to rescind this law, I'm going to the marshal's office and tell him to forget about having his men guard that coach. That's a good idea. If outlaws are watching Carson's movements, they'll believe the coach isn't carrying any money when they see his men are not with it. Yes, be no need for anyone to know the laws repealed until later in the week. Let's have a formal motion, then. Tell me something. 
Meanwhile, Marshal Carson studied papers in his office across the street. His deputy sat with him at the desk. Suddenly, the back door opened. Both men turned quickly. Then the Marshal grinned. Well, Tonto! Hey, it's good to see you. Uh, oh, Marshal. Well, come on in. Uh, oh, say, uh, is your friend with you? Uh, him wait back and grow trees. Him not risk being seen. Well, tell him to come here through the back door, Tonto. You'll not be seen in the dark. There's no one here except my deputy, Ross Finley. And it'll be the thrill of his life to meet your friend. Uh, me get him. Me not be Tonto returned with the Lone Ranger, whom Marshal Carson introduced to Ross Finley. The masked man told the reason for his coming, then listened with interest as the lawman and his aide related their account of the murderous holdups that had occurred outside the boundaries of Plainview County. When they'd finished, the Lone Ranger was impressed by one particular phase of their story. I understand that none of the holdups took place until after that law you mentioned went into effect. Yes, that's right. Oh, what's that, Tonto? No. 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 All right. Say, there's three councilmen, Sterling, Lowell, and McLean. They're coming here. Well, let... uh, we'll wait in the other room so they'll not see us. Come on, Toto. With the door of the back room opened slightly, the Lone Ranger and Toto could see and hear the councilmen talking to the marshal. McLean said... Stop these Marshal, forget about riding with the stagecoach tomorrow when Mr. Lowell's money is Crooks don't see you and your friend. They'll figure there's nothing of value on the stage. After the councilman had left, the masked man and his Indian friend rejoined the marshal and his deputy. Marshal, we had a good look at the councilman. We were especially interested in McLean. What do you know about him? Well, I understand he's a rancher who came here a little over a year ago from Kansas, where, by the way, he was born. Mm, there's no trace of Kansas in his speech. But there is a lot of Texas in it. Say, now that you mention it, mister, I think you're right. Say, what are you trying to get at? I have a feeling, uh, call it a hunch, that I've seen McLean somewhere before. We'll continue our Lone Ranger adventure in just a moment. Cause champions are made not for. Yes, sir. Get on your way. Get on your way. Get on your way with Wheaties. Champions are made, not born. There's an adage that's ever so true. For instance, Slam and Sammy Sneed, a golfer as good as they come. Young Sam learned golf the only way. He practiced hours every day, chipping them short, driving them long. And soon he learned what keeps champs strong. Wheaties with milk, you can't go wrong. Today, Sam rates the gallery's cheers. A Wheaties eater, 17 years. Right. Sammy Sneed is a Wheaties eater from way back. Plenty of nourishment in Wheaties. There's a whole kernel of wheat in every Wheaties flake. Okay, Sammy, drive that ball. Hey, hey, hey! He's on his way, on his way. He's on his way, on his way. Get on your way with Wheaties. Cause champions are made, not born. Yes, sir. Get on your way. Get on your way. Get on your way with Wheaties. Breakfast of champions. to continue. The Lone Ranger and Tonto, after hearing the conversation of the members of the council, felt sure that they had seen the man who called himself McLean before. And the more I think of it, the more I feel that when I saw him, the circumstances weren't pleasant. 
And me feel the same way. Marshal, where is McLean's ranch? Well, let's see. It's two miles east of town off the main trail. Why? Well, if you don't mind, I'd like to learn more about the man firsthand. My curiosity's around. Yeah, meaning you want to go out there, eh? Yes, now. Well, I have no objections. As a matter of fact, I'd like to go with you. I'd uh, like to know where this hunch of yours is leading you. Then come with me and see. Say, Ross, we look after the office. Why, sure, Tom. You go ahead. You ready, Marshal? Uh, as soon as I pass on my gun belt, I'm ready. Then let's go. Come on, fellow. Be uh, ready. Come this way in case you didn't want to be seen. I don't. Thanks. Otto, uh, suppose we leave our horses here among the trees. He said a big fellow. Coming, Marshal. Hey, mister, you couldn't keep me away. The Lone Ranger, Tonto, and Marshal Carson cautiously made their way to the rear of Pete McLean's ranch house, then along the side of the building until they reached a window near the front where a light burned brightly. The window was partially opened, and voices could be heard inside. Listen, that's McLean's voice. Yes. Marshal, do you recognize the voice of the other man? Well, I'm not sure, but I think he's McLean's foreman. I'll see. No, don't look inside yet. He might be seen. Wait a few minutes and listen to what they're saying. Inside the ranch house, Pete McLean paced the floor as he talked to Jack Guerra. There was nothing else I could do. As soon as I saw Sterling was on Lowell's side, I joined in and said I favored repeal of the law, too. Uh, I figured they'd get wise to it, boss. Just be glad they didn't get wise to you. Ah. Oh, boss, this doesn't mean we have to call off tomorrow's job, does it? No. I've had my mind set on that $25,000 of Lowell's. So the boys in the bunkhouse, boss. They've waited a long time for job number eight. You said when we finished that one, you'd divide the loot from all the other jobs. You've still got all the cash, haven't you? Yes. It's in the chest over there in the corner. Hey, what's the matter? What are you looking at? Shut up. Don't say anything more. I'm just looking at this bottle, Jack. Have a drink? While Pete McLean made gestures of warning, his eyes were riveted on the open window at the side of the room. But he backed up to a table, removed a decanter, and began to click it against glasses as he talked loudly. I'm thirsty. Come here, quick, Jack. I have to wet my whistle. I'll keep talking. You sneak outside and jump whoever's there. Say something, then go. Sure. Uh, pour me a big hooker, boss. Then I'll go into the kitchen and get some branch water. <laughs> you know, there's nothing like a little branch water. As the two crooks continued to act, Toto remained near the window, while the Lone Ranger and the Marshal withdrew a short distance to the grove where they'd left their horses. The Marshal was saying... Are you sure McLean's the Texas outlaw, Rick Jackson? Yes, Marshal. He's stouter and he's changed his appearance. But I remembered him when I saw the other man with Jack Guerra. You'd mentioned that McLean's foreman with Guerra. We might have associated the two sooner. We saw Jackson being taken to prison in San Antonio. Well, we heard them say enough to send him to jail here for those stage and express holdups. I'm going in and take him now. Marshal, don't you also want to get the rest of the gang? They're in the bunkhouse. Yeah, that's right. Gary said that, didn't he? I think it might be advisable to get a posse, Marshal. While you ride to town, I'll stay here with Tonto. Maybe we can learn more before you return. Right. Uh, branch water was a good idea. Meanwhile, Tonto, who was alone near the house, was listening to McLean's voice inside. 
when suddenly he felt a gun against his back. All right, you freeze. Raise your hands fast. Uh, me get him up. Well, what do you know? An engine. What are you doing snooping out here? All right, don't answer. But you'll talk sure enough when we get you inside. Turn around and start walking. We're going into the house. The Lone Ranger saw what had happened and went into action. Inside the house, Toto remained silent. Redskin, for the last time, what were you doing outside? Snooping, that's what I was doing. I can't figure why a redskin would be interested in anything I did. But I want to find the answer to that. Redskin, why did you come here? Answer that. No. Me not talk. Oh, no. Jack, gun whip him. Glad to, boss. You asked for this engine. Now I'm going to show no, you. you not hanging with guns. Oh, let go. Let go my arm. Let go, let go of his arm. Boss, he's breaking my arm. Shoot him. That's what I'm going to do. Uh, Turn uh, around this please. way so I can get a good shot. Drop that gun. Hey, Mast. Drop it. All right, hold your fire. Oh. That's it. Take your gun, Toto, and pick up Jackson. Uh, let me get him. What did you call me? Jackson. That's the name you used in Texas. Either hand, Toto, while I keep them covered. Uh. Who are you? What do you want? Doesn't matter who I am. I want the loot from your robberies. So that's it. You want to cut of the hold-up money? I want it all. Me know where money is, Kimasabi. It's in chest over there near wall. Oh, oh, you're making that rope too tight. Well, me make sure it holds you. Now listen, mister. Maybe we can make a deal. I'm not interested. You can't get away with the cash. I've got five gunslingers in the bunkhouse. Don't try to shout for help. I don't need to. Those boys will hunt you down no matter where you go. Me tie this fella now. Put your hand behind your back. You'd better listen to me. When he's tied, Toto, we'll gag him. After McLean's hands were firmly tied behind his back, the Lone Ranger and Toto gagged both men and tied their feet. Then the masked man stepped to the window and drew the shade. It seemed like a wise precaution, but about half an hour later, it was the drawn shade that aroused the curiosity of two of the outlaws who stepped out of the bunkhouse. Fresh air is good. Hey, Gimp, look toward the house. You see that living room window? Yeah, the shade's drawn. Well, it's something new. You think McLean's up to something he doesn't want us to know about? Gira's with him. Say, maybe they're packing the loot for a getaway, figuring to run out on us. Let's go there, quiet. Maybe we can learn something. The two men moved silently through the darkness and found the window tightly curtained. Though they could not see into the room, they heard voices. I'm glad the cash is here, Tonto. After listening for several minutes, the outlaws hurried back to the bunkhouse and told the three men there what they had learned. McLean and Gerhardt are captured. We heard an engine and someone else in the room talking about the cash that's in the house. we got to move right away. No, wait. We can't just rush in. The men who captured the boss might be watching the door. We'll have to divert their attention for a second. A rock through the window will do it. A few minutes later, five hard-faced men moved grimly through the darkness. Four stopped near the door, their guns drawn, while the fifth, carrying a rock the size of his fist, went to the curtained window. Inside the house, the Lone Ranger looked at his watch and said, The marshal should be arriving with a posse shortly. He must have a rock. As both men rushed to the window, the door swung in. Two men rushed in, firing wildly. And others were about to enter as the Lone Ranger, grasping the situation, returned the fire. The outlaws hadn't looked for such gun speed and accuracy. The two who had entered fell with bullets in their legs. The others stayed outside. 
As Tonto's gun sent bullets through the open door. Close that door, Tonto. Uh, I'll disarm these two on the floor. My leg. You're lucky we aimed low. You pay for shooting us. You'll never leave here alive. Our pals outside will get you. Horses come this way, Kimisami. The marshal must have returned. The marshal? Yes. Him here with men. We're on his side of the law. The gunfire outside lasted but a few minutes. It had ended by the time the Lone Ranger finished tying the hands of the wounded outlaws. He opened the door and saw the marshal and posse with the three remaining members of the gang in custody. Marshal! Hi there. The others are in here. Yeah, how about you and Tonto? Are you all right? Yes, but two of the outlaws are wounded. We heard the gunfire and knew that something was going on. Cut the critters red-handed as they were fixing to go to the back door of the house. <laughs> they tipped their hand when they started firing at us. The entire gang is in custody, Marshal. And the stolen money is in that chest. That's good work. Hey, boy, here's the rest of the prisoners. Come and get him. I'm sure you have no further need of us, Marshal. Laneville should be peaceful and safe once more. Now that you rid yourselves of a bad official and a bad law. Come on, Toto. We're almighty indebted to him. Adios. Adios. You know, Marshal, we should have a man like that on the council. Take McLean's place. <laughs> I reckon every town would like to have that man on the council. He's the Lone Ranger. Fred Foy. Listen to The Lone Ranger, brought to you by special recording Mondays through Fridays at this same time.